Friends, cunts, Roman Reeman. Hello and welcome to episode 70 LX6? of the Bloke Pod. LX6? Yeah. yeah. We've, we've entered another decade into the 70s. Yeah. We're sitting here with uh, afros and oh, uh, disco stew shirts on. Considering that 70s show. Yeah. That, yeah. There we go. Yeah. There's no, there's no Kelso floating around anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ashton Kutch is probably about on our level nowadays, yeah. isn't he? We could probably get him to appear on, on a few of these next ten episodes. I think probably more of a chance of getting Toe for Grace. But anyway, <laughs> and the fact that for all the people so out there who better. don't know what I'm talking about, yes, that's exactly my point. I love that guy. <laughs> guy? Girl? Yeah. I've got research. Yeah. Yes. But yes... We're here after Steve Smith has just smashed his sixth century of the summer. How many S sounds were in that sentence? The sentence didn't help it either. Mm. There you go. But that's quite appropriate coming from yeah. a guy whose name is an alliterated I just, S. I think Kenny Callender would like that sentence. <laughs> yeah. just quite yeah. every, every fucking horse has an S in his name. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? She's a bit of a stitcher. <laughs> If you don't get a pibble on your tongue after that one, old son, fair income, it'll be a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what what a guy. We were discussing him earlier. Really, it's ever since he was elevated to Dan's man crush status that the runs have really started to flow for him. So, you know, he's he's uh, done his bit too. You, but please, please stop because the runs might come in another form if you don't. Let's just say he couldn't have done it without me. That, that's all. Well, I think he actually has done it without you. That's the whole point. You underestimate the power of my man crushes, dude. Come on, it's a pretty yeah. strong lineage. Steve Waugh, Hussey, Harris, and now Smith. Mm. Two H's in the middle, two Steve's on the outside. There you go. So you, you're giving up on Rhino, is that what you're saying? No, but Steve Smith is the heir apparent. And oh. to be honest, Rhino's got a maximum of five tests left in him. So, As long as we get those five tests out of him, we'll be fine. Yeah. Speaking of which, Australia are paying something ridiculous like $1.59, I think it might have been, to retain the Ashes in England later this year. Oh, geez. Now... I know. The last time somebody put odds like that in front of me, they lost five nil. <laughs> True. We, we promise never to speak of that again. Yeah, that's right. What happened before episode seventy stays before episode seventy. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the odds for England at home, where last time around they beat us three nil, and it would have been probably four one if not for rain. Like three one probably. Oh, well, sorry. 3-1, but then they were about two minutes away from winning the fifth test. So. But as I say, that's those are some mighty tempting odds, i got to say. Given the uh, trend recently of no one winning tests away from home, like, against anyone ever, I'd, I'd get on board. Jacko slipping into his Jamie Rogers persona. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So... Jamie Jacko that's your, here. That's your, uh, that's your hot tip, is it? Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. And I'd also get on uh, the Strikers to win their semi-final. Can I throw one in there? New Zealand to make the final of the World Cup. What's that pain? They're, they were like a fourth line of favourites, I think, believe it or mm. not, at the time. So I think they're seven bucks to win the whole thing, yeah. which is fourth line. Yeah. 
But so you might get you might get threes, three fifty. They're not having to leave New Zealand before uh, before the final. You can't tell me that that's not a distinct advantage for them. So they can't play us in a semi. I believe I don't believe so. I believe if they the theory being that if they win their if they basically go through and win their their conference, so to speak. Um, yeah, that, that, that's if they win. What if yeah. they lose? Yeah, well, I was just saying that the the saying mm. the, the belief is is that they might not have to play. Well, so their fate's in their hands anyway. Yeah, if they well, get that's it wrong. Done, yeah. Leave, yeah. In well, terms it can of the, be said for the Aussies. Yeah, in terms of the schedule, that's how it works. But anyway, yes. Mm. So now they're looking. The thing that excites me about them at the moment is that much like in Australia, the Australian team in its pomp. They've just got match winners, different match winners yeah. popping up in different in different matches at the moment. Yeah, Technically, no, match winners should pop up in matches, <laughs> you'd hope. But yeah, but yeah they, they just seem to have a very, very consistent and even list mm. where, as we saw today, Ronke smashing 170 off 99 balls, somehow only getting equal man of the match with Grant Elliott, the bloke with two names, who <laughs> scored like... 103 off 96 or something. Yeah. You got jipped, Ronky. Yeah. Particularly if there was some sort of large catch prize involved, which there usually is with these one-day yeah. tournaments. Yeah. Jipped, mate. Jipped. But that's, I mean, that's what I like. So Elliot and Ronky today, I mean, You've McCullum, got... Williamson, those guys. Guptill. Yeah. Guptill. Anderson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't forget Anderson. Are they playing the Windies in this yeah, tournament? Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> yeah. But, and their bowling attack actually strikes me as one which will be quite successful. Bolt, Southie, Mills. Yeah, and um, you got McCollum, the other McCollum, the other McCollum. Yeah, what's his name? Mitch McGlennahan. McGlennahan, that's yeah, the, yeah. And um, another alliterated name. That's mm. a very good sign too. And the the old man Vittori as well, perhaps sneaking in there for a game or two. Yeah, and I mean, on a slightly more serious note, it it does sound like. The great Mr. Martin Crow is not at all long for this world. Uh, mm. Reading an article of his on Crick Info recently, he's, yeah. he was pretty much saying, yeah, his, his time's almost up. If they do make it to a, a final, mm. then, well, ship Martin Crow in to speak to them. Maybe if they make it to a semi, mm. ship Martin Crow in to speak to them before the game. And you can't tell me that they won't absolutely play out of their skins for him. I mean, Hadley stands alone as a Kiwi cricketer, but Martin Crowe is very much their second best cricketer of all time. And I think if you need yeah, any further inspiration, then having him um, yeah, speak to the guys before they go out there... Having been someone who watched a lot of his career, he wouldn't, to be honest, he wouldn't be that far behind Hadley. Really? Mm. Mm. I really rated him around that time. He was he we you know had we I mean had we had an awesome series over here in eighty five eighty six. Yeah. But Crow made a lot of runs too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. But I yeah it, it is sad. Just I mean got just all rounder status I mean, working this yeah, well, as just, well. Yeah. Just so many wickets. Had we is and mm. you know. I mean, any any time you're taking you know 15 wickets in a match, 33 wickets in mm. a three-game series, you do. And you're so. not Harbour and Singh with yeah. Indian umpires. Yeah. Then yeah. I mean, yeah, and then he's he was phenomenal in that series. Had we? I do uh, remember in our all-time eleven draft, I was very very happy. Yeah. To pick uh, him up. But um, 
It's it's also sad. I mean, Martin Crow, the player, and that, but just Martin Crow, the the official, and then also the commentator as well. I mean, his mm. his article just this week about the the whole Dave Warner uh, yeah. sledging side of things. I mean, I, I think. In typical Martin Crowe style, he, mm. he absolutely hit it out of the park. And that's the other thing about him, is that in this day of uh, political correctness and wanting to toe the party line and, and everything else and doing you know what's good by the sponsors and the broadcasters and everything, he is not ashamed to absolutely let rip in... You know, he's written a number of very, very good articles over the past 12 months mm. on the role of 2020 cricket in basically destroying test batsmen's techniques um, and on, yeah, I guess generally lowering the quality of test cricket. Um, I remember his take on um, Brett Lee bowling those bounces to um, Piers Morgan uh, being... I think that was that him. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and in the you know in the light of the Phil Hughes incident, mm. geez, he was certainly proven to be spot on the money there. He has a knack of talking about the issues mm-hmm. that no one else seems willing to touch, yeah. even on a site like Crick Info. Mm. Yeah, it will be a sad day. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a cricketer who I quite admired during. His his peak, which would have was you know mid to late eighties, yeah. he was yeah he he was a very elegant player to watch. Yeah. Um, think and think of, think of Mark Wartight that didn't have the brain fades. To, yeah, to didn't throw it away immediately after yeah. hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mean, my closing comment on that would be speaking of his good articles, his his best one by far was after McCullum scored that triple century. Yeah, where he said. There are two things that have haunted me my entire life post-cricket. One of them was going off with the injury in the semi-final of the World Cup, thinking we had done enough to win and Mm. ending up not getting through. And the other one was being dismissed for 299. And he said he strongly believes the emotional baggage and the, like the burden that, that he, he had carried with him about mm. those two events was what had actually caused his cancer. He believed that. But he said that McCullum's triple century almost lifted a weight off his mm. soul. He felt after that he was able to yeah, yeah. Put, put those events behind him and move on. It was a brilliant article to mm. read. Strongly recommended. And I actually thought it was very interesting. I remember McCullum actually pointed to the press box when he made 300 Mm. And he he spoke about Crow. Pity that Crow had just ducked out to the dunny at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know, the sentiment he, was still. He there. spoke about that as well mm. at the end of it. So I mean, yeah, certainly the awareness um, of them as well. But uh, yes. yes, and I mean, speaking of guys who scored their country's highest total, Ronke came within one clean hit today of. Uh, breaking the New Zealand run one day oh no sorry no it was 189 in the 189, end 189 yeah. yeah sorry yes you originally said Lou Vincent yeah <laughs> no then I re- remembered that Guttel had a big one against England yeah. only a couple of years ago I would I would say here yeah, tape over this but I think the past has shown that you never tape over my mistakes nor is tape <laughs> over yours I mean, so many of them. Oh, the, that's, the, that's, the listeners just don't get to that's hear. The, that's the joy of being the person doing the editing. Of course, you can well, always yeah. you can always put your hand up to do if, it. If then, that means I continue to dodge the iPod for hell editing, 
uh, song editing, then I think, yeah, you, you can keep including my mistakes then. <laughs> Sorted. How did you like those few I sent through this week, too? <laughs> Take another five years off Anyway, on to GJ's rapidly deteriorating... Off GJ's rapidly deteriorating health as a result of uh, IPOPL editing. Yeah. Um, the World Cup, just around the corner. Yes, it is. So we were just talking about New Zealand. Yep. Do you... Are they your pick? No. Let's redone. No. Funnily enough, I'm going to go with a team that's proven to to gag it in the big moments. I, the C I word. Think it, I think not that C word. Yeah, but I think uh, I think it's South African. South mm. Africa's team. In fact, the, yeah. the C word choke is probably more taboo than the other C word yeah, around right. South Africa. Come World yeah. Cup time. Yes. But, so. No. Look at the risk of ruining any uh, debate I'm, I'm actually uh, agree with you on that one mm. I've said for a while now I think in Australian conditions yeah. I believe that's just going to nullify the the Asian teams so yeah. I think it's Australia South Africa and New Zealand and I think of those sides and probably the other one who I'd throw in there is, is Sri Lanka okay um don't but sleep. Do they have the pace to don't, don't, win? Don't sleep on Sri Lanka. Um, do you think that's just the Sangha yeah. Jayawardena effect? I just think the batting, they, they, it's, mm. yes, they might not have the bowling thing, but that's the thing. They might decide we'll bowl first and back ourselves to chase anything down. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, there's question, that's, that's a legitimate question, Mark. I just think that they're, they're a team that will people, they kind, they kind of go under the radar a little bit. And they, their record in, my predictions. Yeah, but I mean, their record in Australia of waiting one day is isn't that bad. Mm. So, as long as Angelo Matthews is around, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they they're they're not like New Zealand as you talked about before. Certainly, you know, South Africa in a similar way. You've got Amway, you've got De Villiers who are just yeah. peak peak absolute peak peak guys in terms of being match winners. Oh, and, you've got, well, and then you've, you've got, got Stain, Stain and Morkel with yeah. the ball. Um, so I mean that you know they can they can do it both ways. I think that that's the important thing. I think that Sri Lanka's guys, as you say, you know it's it's the big two, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. As it has been for the last yeah. fifteen years in Sri Lankan cricket. Yeah. And I mean this might be you know <laughs> with apologies to the chucker. A good way a good way for them to go out. Yeah. I I, well. I would have them at probably a level below those other guys, but I wouldn't. I I wouldn't think that they're completely out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'd give them a, I'd give them a better chance to win it than, than a lot of the other Asian yeah. countries. And I mean, it's just a crying shame the rebel that is West Indies cricket oh, these God. days. Yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence that um, Corey Anderson had broken the record for the fastest one day hundred mm-hmm. against the West Indies. Then Ab De Villiers broke it again God, against we, the West Indies. Can we talk about that? Yeah, it's 16 sixes equaling the record for that, yeah. facing only 49 balls. And as we were saying before, he actually went, I believe it was 16 balls for his first 50, yeah. then 15 balls, and then it was 44 balls, it was, and then 13 balls, and he got out uh, oh. one short of a 150. So if yeah. he had scored anything off that next ball, each 50 would have actually been quicker than the last. Yeah. Some of the cleanest hitting you'll ever see. Mm. Uh, Just quite audacious yeah. would be the word I'd use. I mean, 
getting down on one knee to balls outside off stump and depositing them over mid-wicket for six. I mean, that's... And I, I just loved his comment afterwards that he didn't want to go out there and bat. The coach made him go out. <laughs> he wanted to send uh, Miller in to, to have a Yes, talk. that's right. And then yeah. he just decided, eh, since I'm out here, I might as well have a swig and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So Miller was a bit disappointed, but the rest of yeah. us were <laughs> yeah, pretty happy with the way it panned out. So, One excellent tweet I did see on that was A.B. de Villiers with a seriously fast 100 and it had a picture of a 100 metres race with Usain Bolt out in front and then A.B. superimposed just in front of him. Because yeah. that, I mean, that right there is pretty much the 9.58 yeah. second 100 metres of of One Day International band. Yeah, I caught, I caught the very end of it live. So when he went from eighty to one hundred and forty, no, I got, I got <laughs> the last in, ten minutes. I got in just after he got his hundred. Mm. Um, so well, yeah. so as we said, you still would have seen forty nine off. I 13. saw. I think I, the sad thing is, I think I only saw about six or seven balls. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, that yeah. was the other thing. The, the time, I think it, it was something like forty. 40 minutes or something like that. Yeah, he came in in the, the, like the 30 second over when he came in. Yeah. Was, yeah I He's mean, now also the only guy to come in and score a century after coming in later than the 30th over yeah. twice. He's done it twice yeah. now. Yeah. Sorry, but, uh, but in true Jacko Scott style, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of my three dinner guests uh, at the other end, yes. Mr. Hashimamla, who... Yeah, <laughs> carried his bat for a yeah. lazy 153 and no one said a thing about it. It's a bit like the old, uh, where were you when Bradman was bowled? I was at the other end with a century to my name. I think yeah. someone said the same thing when Gilly hit his century here at Perth. Michael Clark yeah. was at the other end with a century to his name. Yeah. Well, Hush was at the other end with 150 to his name. He's just amazing, isn't he? He's just a... Ru- I mean... We talked about Steve yeah, Smith as a start, but I mean, Amler's yeah. been doing that for three or four years now. Mm. And similar, similarly to Steve Smith, when he first started, the improvement in his technique and mm. you know how tight he is between then and now, I mean, Steve Smith is probably the only other one who comes close mm. to that level of improvement. And more importantly, to the willingness to actually, you know dedicate himself to improving his game. I mean, it's very easy these days for cricketers to just take their T20 fortunes in the IPL and not worry too much about technique. But Amar and Smith have both shown us that there is still a place for guys who are willing to commit themselves to the longest form of the game, first and foremost, and work on improving and developing their technique. Mm. Good on you, blokes. Love your work. That could be the only huge blokes we hear yeah. for the rest of the summer thanks, now that thanks, Andy Murray. Mars lost his voice. The oh. best news in the history of the BBL. Mari, out of commission. Booyah! Yeah. <laughs> well, given we're uh, kind of reaching towards the NBA All-Star game, which is generally the... I mean, you slightly pass the halfway, but it's considered essentially the halfway part of the season. If those who can't see this, there was he air-quoted then, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> got to keep reminding you, there's no probably, video on this thing. It's probably <laughs> worth, I guess, reflecting on... Well, we couldn't reflect on how bad my five top picks were. We've already discussed, let's not reflect on bad predictions, Gee, We'll, we'll be here all night. <laughs> can I just point out, though, I guess Golden State are the number one seed at the moment out west, but... Let's just well, stick with that and... and yeah, I mean, look, I... 
Memphis are coming fast. The Grizzlies. Yeah. uh, The trade that Memphis made for Jeff Green filled a a real need that they had. And come playoff time, their style of basketball is better suited for the playoffs than it is the regular season. So... Plus, they, they now have a guy who shares his name with an American dad character, which can only be a good thing. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but the. Oh, no, it's I guess Jeff the, Fisher. Damn, I fucked it up. <laughs> Jeff Fisher, just move uh, on. Again, can I, can I, don't I, bother I, taping you, over it. Just move I on. I hope Jeff, Jeff Fisher coaches the St. Louis Rams in the NFL. Anyway. So there was something there. Sorry, yeah. mate. I'll, I'll save that one Let, for let's you. Let's move on. Can I, can, I guess it's. It, one of the things that I did say was that the Cleveland Cavaliers was, would struggle. And, well, that's well and truly... Been <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Winner! What do we have for him, Johnny? Yeah, it's a stop clock. Yeah. It's right. It's fantastic steak knife but, set. <laughs> well, my concerns about Cleveland as a team were, were twofold. Firstly, when you have three guys who want to play with the ball in their hands, <laughs> you have problems. And... You know, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving in particular in the past have been guys who have really only succeeded with the ball in their hands. Mm. And when you're playing with LeBron James, that's just not going to happen. So really? the question, you don't think LeBron no. would be up to taking a back seat at all? No, well, Letting someone else? Not at all. Mm. all right. but the, the I find it a bit surprising. He's <laughs> only the best player in the world at the moment. Um but unselfishness. Yeah, no, well, I mean, that, that's a big part of LeBron's game. But the problem is with that is that it's not that LeBron would take a back seat as well. It's that those guys aren't used to not playing without the ball. So Hang they, on, there were way too many negatives in that sentence. <laughs> aren't used to not playing. Yeah. So they're used to playing with the ball. All right. They're used cool. to playing with the ball. I'm up to speed. But, so... Kevin Love's just got completely lost in the Cleveland offense, which isn't surprising. He's basically standing out on the perimeter, shooting threes, and not making him at an overly high clip. Where is the love? Would you say? <laughs> standing by the three-point line, freaking yeah. shot after shot. But the, I guess the bigger concern I have is come come playoff times. So there's two things that you really really need. It's it's a dominant scorer, not a necessarily a dominant scorer inside, but a guy who can score you two points inside. Right up in the, right up next to the rim or in the paint, in where, the block you, hole. where you really, really need it. But you also need to be able to protect the rim. And the problem that Cleveland have is that they don't have any rim protection. <laughs> this sounds so much like an anal sex reference. Today's up. segment is brought to you by Inner Circle. <laughs> yeah, but is that one and the same? Those two. It players? doesn't always have to be the same player, though. That's the thing. I mean, look, they. LeBron's the type of guy who might be able to give you the first, but he won't give you the second. Um, it's just the, the playoff in a playoff situation, the game slows down, and it becomes more of a half court situation where you need it. It, it becomes more of a war than it does a, a finesse situation, and so you need to have that that trench mentality the around Brad the rim. Saul yeah, style player. you need the trench mentality around yeah. the rim. And if, if you don't have it, it's, it's, it's tough to, to kind of get past it. And Look, the, it, you could argue that it was a failing of the Miami teams, but Miami had guys like Udonis Haslam, Chris Anderson, even to a lesser extent Chris Bosch, who could fill that type of role for them. Cleveland have no one. No one. Sorry. And I guess they compounded matters by trading... 
trading away two first round picks for for Timothy Mozgov, who Mozgov, my God, who's who's meant to provide that, but I just don't think that uh, the only thing that people ever remember about Timothy Mozgov is Blake Griffin dunking on him. So <laughs> I, that that was awesome. It might not work. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the other thing is the whole ball situation. Trading for J.R. Smith, who has never met a shot he didn't like. Who shot J.R.? Well, J.R. shot J.R. <laughs> 30 of them at the room. It was a suicide. Yeah. No, J.R. Smith, another guy who likes to play the boys in his hands, also likes to shoot a lot. He's a chucker. Yeah. George Costanza-style yeah. chucker. The mix is just all wrong. And look, the coach is gonna. The coach will invariably cop the bullet for this at some stage. But it's, it's just the the problem with Cleveland is is that they're making the exact same mistakes they made when LeBron was there the first time. <laughs> Getting these guys who just don't fit with him. Mm. Which would you say Miami did right? Well, I think Miami got lucky. They were they they made some really good free agent signings around the edges yeah. of LeBron Wade. Because they had to supplement. The, big the other three. thing is, is that you know I used to always joke about it being the big two featuring Chris Bosh, but <laughs> Bosh Bosh was actually willing to, I guess, sacrifice. Parts. He was willing to be the yeah no, but he was willing. Stringer. Yeah, he was willing to sacrifice parts of his games in mm. order to allow them to succeed. Again, LeBron, unselfishness. Look it up, mate. <laughs> Boschman knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, that was the thing. At the start of the year, Bosch kind of, when the, the Kevin Love trade was made, Bosch kind of had a bit of a laugh about it, saying, I think he's going to struggle not understanding how to make this work. And dead right. But, look, the thing about the Cleveland thing that's that's frustrating, it's in, in hindsight, this Kevin Love thing looks terrible, but at the time, I said it was a bad idea. Love can cloud your judgment, Yeah, by. it can. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid puns, courtesy of Dan Jackson. <laughs> well, I don't have any NBA knowledge, yeah, so this but is all I look, got. They trade. They had the two number one picks over the past two years: Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, Wiggy boy. And they would have been better just holding firm with that, growing and developing the team mm. internally, using a guy like Wiggins to to be a Chris Bosh glue guy. Who he's not necessarily going to protect the rim himself, but he's. One of the things that everybody said about him from day one was that he was going to be a very good perimeter defender. And Which in a team with LeBron is probably the sort of thing you'd well, like to recruit well, for. Well, LeBron is a good defender as well. Oh, but he's one of the... So, you know, okay. he's probably a five, this is why I don't try to import with yeah, the NBA. But, I mean, LeBron's probably <laughs> I don't a, have a five or six guy. But more to the point, LeBron has to play... the. He has to be the number one offensive guy and the number one defender. <laughs> If you have a good defender with him, you can take a back seat on defense a little bit, be the second or third guy in the in the thing. Save up his, you know, save, conserve his energy, conserve. And his then time. unleash offensively. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing is is that LeBron's missed games this year, which is another thing that he generally oh, has. Poor form. <laughs> so I talked about the forty thousand minute mark. He's well and truly over that now. That's when you start to see. People's playing the you know, inexorable decline. Yeah, the legs start to the legs don't bounce as much as they used to, and you you kind of have to have to be able to adapt and adjust your game accordingly. I've had that problem with a couple of girlfriends actually. 
40,000. No, the legs don't bounce as much as they used to. Mm. You need to get a better pump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps I can talk to the New England Patriots about that. Yeah, yeah let's talk about that. Come Segway. On. Come on. Add a car and take that. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? The um, we, We're recording this a week before the Super Bowl where, of course, we have... The New England Patriots play... Go Seattle! The Seattle Seahawks. And I have the conundrum of trying to work out which one of these teams I want to win, considering I hate them both. I keep telling you, though, how can you cheer for the Patriots? It can't be done, man. You you can't do it. Yeah. He'll be in Seahawks uniform come come next week. I probably will be, yes. But, uh, yeah, the... uh, Coming out from the AFC Championship game, 11 of the 12 balls that the New England Patriots were using were deemed to be underinflated. Yeah. Yeah. Which Doesn't that happen from steroid use? Yeah, well. <laughs> and um, Bill Bel- Coach Bill Belichick and quarterback Tom Brady, of course, uh, deciding that uh, denial's not just a river in Egypt, it's uh, down around Foxborough Stadium. So, yeah. look... Well, look, uh, we were discussing this before, and the thing, we were just hearing the findings on Fox Sports News, and they were saying that 11 of the 12 balls um, of the Patriots, yeah, the Patriots balls, so to speak, another sex pun, were found to be uh, significantly deflated. So I turned to you and said, well, that makes me think it's actually less likely to be, you know, to be deliberate then. If it's 11 of the 12, it could be more or less across the board. And you then pointed out that the other team have a whole separate set of balls. Now, I've got a solution then. I've got a solution for this sort of, you know, potential uh, problem or, you know, the potential to fix the game. Have them use the same bloody balls. Seriously. Well... I can't even understand why they would use different balls. Yeah, well... The, the, just, just why? But yeah, that—that's more. You need to understand the NFL situation to really understand why that happens. I mean, that's where the AFL could, for once, actually be world leading. Just having a huge thing of balls. Throw any of them in there. Yeah, well, everyone uses the same one. Yeah, but that—that's—that's that's how it's meant. That's kind of how it's meant to work out. It's so a, why isn't it? <laughs> well, it's it's more to the point of why were they in a position whereby between when the, that, that decision was made to split them up and then being used in the game, why or how they were able to be tampered with. Yeah, at the That's very the least, if you are going to give them separate balls, then surely and there'd look, be an independent uh, you know, body in charge and of, of them. The reason why it's such a big deal is, is that it's it's easier to grip the ball if it's if it's deflated a little bit more. So, but makes so many it, sex puns running through my makes head. It, so makes on. it easier for the quarterback to throw the ball, obviously, in mm. those situations because it's easier to, to hold on to. So, and, and Tom Brady needs all the help he can get. Is that what you're saying? Well, he's uh, he's getting up in years, yeah. so again, inexorable decline and all that. But yeah, yeah, I just I, I yeah. find it utterly staggering that there would be two separate sets of balls. I mean, that's just asking for trouble, really. Well, I mean, I think that the 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 other point is is that people would it's it's a big like Spygate with these guys is that people thought why would you do something like that? Why would you risk issues associated with, with kind of fiddling around the grey area of the rules of the game Why would you when there's give no them benefit. The, you know, the opportunity to, yeah, to do something the, like but that. It's, 
Yeah, why, but why would you fiddle around the ed- edges for a benefit that's deemed to be negligible at best? It's just pulling the piss a little bit. But Indianapolis might disagree right now. Well, if you watch the game, Indianapolis got absolutely Yeah, right. I mean, that's the, yeah, so that was the any, first thing I had read in a lot of articles. Yeah, it didn't impact the result. No. But it doesn't change the fact that they're a bunch of dirty fucking cheats. Yeah. That's my take on it anyway. Yeah. As usual, I'm quite measured. Stick, stick um, with that. In control. Yeah. Stick with that. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's why do it? It's the, what have you got to gain from it? It's, it's, it's Well, I'll tell definitely. you what they've got to lose from it. A couple of draft picks. Take that, Beerman. I hope those guys that they miss out on go on to be absolute all-stars of the game. <laughs> this track record in the draft yeah. century, aren't they good? So it's probably yeah. not, well, that's not hurting them that much. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But look, in conclusion, what, what did you call the coach before? Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's well, the one. Bill Belichick is his name, but yeah, he's... Uh, with Spygate and with this now, he's uh, he's got a bit of a track record, so people yeah. do call him Bill Belichick. Plus, it continues the theme of alliteration for us, so, so, which is nice. But, uh, so, in, fun, in fun. conclusion, yeah. go Seattle. Just try not to think about last year's Super Bowl when you say that. <laughs> God, that wasn't even a contest. That was the only the only good thing that came out of that was the bet I had on Seattle to yeah. win, <laughs> and the fact that the two other bets you tried to put on. For some reason, yeah, they they weren't accepted. You would have lost them both. So someone was yeah. watching out for you that day. Which, yeah. in fact, brings me to the point. I will close on a good tweet I read today from God. Apparently, another yeah. airport they can't see, but yes. it was I may or may not barrack for Seattle, but one thing I can tell you is that Satan barracks for the Pats. Well, it's uh, been a bit of a sad time coming up with the the Super Bowl and. My team, the Denver Broncos, not being in there this year. Denver Broncos. And it's 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 not only the fact that they're uh, they're not in it; it's the fact that they had a home final, they had the week off, and they, they barely couldn't get it done. They barely, they barely raised a yelp against a arguably the most inferior team in the uh, in the playoffs at that particular point in time. And look, not surprising. Second most inferior, apparently. Well, yeah. <laughs> not surprisingly cost uh, John Fox his job. What does Coach Fox say? <laughs> yeah, I'd better go to... Trade, uh, trade, 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 trade. Yeah, trade, I'm trade. off to Chicago, yeah. it would seem. But, uh, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the talk coming out afterwards now that, you know, Peyton Manning was playing with a torn quad and he, he, he didn't look right, admittedly, but... A torn quad? Mm. Really? Mm. Surely even Big PM couldn't manage that. Well, yeah, I was just saying... Yeah, granted, that, we just saw Kobe finish off a game with a... What was it? A torn rotator. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's still contemplating whether he wants to have surgery or not as well, which is... Just, I thought nah, just keep playing on it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Let's um, see how far we can push this. I hate to say it, I think Peyton's done. Done as in he's going to leave, or done as in he's no longer any good? The latter. Mm-hmm. He, he, and quite possibly the former too. He's on the hook well, for I think sixteen million next year. You, so you probably hope the former happens if the, yeah. the latter is true. Yeah, just the second half of the year. I mean, you, if he was playing with a torn quad, it might explain it a little bit. But the uh, the ducks that he threw in the air were becoming a little bit more, a little bit less accurate and a little bit more intercepted. You could say. Um, Where's the uh, queue up the BBL no. duck duck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did they call it? Oh. 
Gus, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. But, um, yeah, no, his passes never look pretty... The thing about Manny is he never threw a tight spiral, but his passes always got to where they had to (laughs) at the right time. Uh, That was happening less and less, and, I mean, in the playoff game, he he just couldn't... The Indianapolis Colts were just daring him to throw the ball deep, and he just can't do it anymore. Mm. Um, So, I mean, it's a bit sad. I mean, look, he's had a a tremendous career, Hall of Fame career. He's probably one of the best four or five quarterbacks ever to play the game. It's a bit sad that if if this is... He couldn't get a a championship. Well, he got one in Indianapolis, but he couldn't get... Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I think that... As I say, with that in mind, I think, you know, we, we were in a three-year window and we, we pretty much went all in to try and pinch, pinch one over mm-hmm. the, the last three years. We, we managed to get to the game last year, but we, well, were, we were all really? banged up. Well, we were banged up last year. And, From what I saw, you were barely there. Yeah, we made it. We, we were there in spirit, but perhaps not in... The spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. Yeah. Uh, so in you know in that regard, it's it's perhaps a positive that you didn't make it this year. You at yeah, least avoid I that think, sort of a yeah. Train I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, Indianapolis got belted by the uh, the ball deflators, and uh, we probably would have breakers. <laughs> yeah, we would have probably suffered a very very similar fate. But uh, I think the, uh, the the positive come out of it, I guess, in many respects, Gary Kubiak coming back to Denver, who uh, was a very successful offensive coordinator for us and quarterbacks coach. During uh, during our last successful era, the uh, the, the golden sh- the golden the, years. the Shanahan Elway back to back championship era of the late nineties, uh, him and Elway, of course, Elway being the general manager at the moment, have a very close relationship. So I think it'll be good to have someone where they're on the same page. Apparently, there was a little bit of friction between Elway and Fox. So. Um, yeah, I mean we we're probably back in the stage where we could be doing a, could be doing another rebuild. But um, I mean, as someone who doesn't really know, I mean I know a little about Elway. Can't admit yep. to knowing too much about GK, other than the fact that his initials are GK. But do you worry at all about? I mean, I'm just sort of having flashbacks to the old uh, Tom Moody coaching stint at the Wacker. Um, do you worry at all about it being a, a job for the boy? No, 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 no. I think. I mean, look, the decision that they made to um, to get rid of uh, Fox was a ballsy one. So I think that Not that deflated showed... at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that. And look, uh, and to put that in context, I probably would have. I would have done the same thing, but I'm surprised that they did. Yeah, but you're it pretty shows, ballsy by nature, mate. It just shows... I mean, I think that it just shows that he's not willing to accept mediocrity, which is a good thing. And, well, Fox... Up Fox, this, I will not and, put. <laughs> and, yeah, and the argument is, you know, Fox won 36 games over the last three years, but mm. Fox lost me as a coach when, in the, in the game a couple of years ago against Baltimore, when the scores were level and we had a minute to go, where he kneeled down instead of going for the win. Mm. I mean that never has the kneel been and, more symbolic. You know, and we we ended up losing that game in overtime. And to be honest, that was probably our best chance out of the three years to really win the to win the yeah. Super Bowl. That just seems the word that comes to mind is just un-American. Yeah, it's yeah, it I, was it was a baffling. I still don't know what he was thinking at that stage, and it it, it did worry me a little bit that he's. I guess the point is a little bit too risk averse. Hmm. But I mean, what did he think would go differently in in overtime? In overtime. 
Well, it's it's more the point is that you know every time you actually give it, it's he was playing not to lose instead of playing to win. I think he's the best way to 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 think about it. It's like well, I wouldn't have thought too many NFL coaches would be yeah. taking that approach. So, and I think that that was the thing is, is that he was probably skating on thin ice a little bit as a result of that. I mean, he probably had to get him to the Super Bowl last year in order to keep his job. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that the ex- the expectations were very high for us this year, and we were one and done in the playoffs. So. Did Brown Fox failed to jump over the lazy dog? Mm. Yeah. I was trying to work that Well, the lazy, the lazy <laughs> colt really. in this case. Yeah, the lazy colt, yeah. But... Uh, so yeah, it, it could be. Uh, I could. I might not be talking about Denver hell of a lot because it could be a little bit painful for the next few years. Again, from where we started, the Denver Broncos. <laughs> That's the only thing you know about the NFL, isn't it? Well, in fairness, if I had to know one thing about it, that's not exactly a bad thing, is it? Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I do also know this. It is far less likely that there will be signs at the ground next year inserting the coach's name into the lyrics of a current pop song. Yeah, pop culture song. Yeah. Probably more so than a pop song. But yes. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to be quite as easy to work in. Yeah, what would Coach Kubiak say? Yeah, unless there's a way to work the GK in. Anyway, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll mull a few ideas over and get back to the pop industry at large. Yes. Anyway. Stay tuned.